Do you want to protect yourself and your business from anything unjust that may come your way? Then this podcast is for you. Former Utah Attorney General John Swallow has helped thousands of people protect themselves, defend, and find justice during his 30 years of experience in law. If you're looking for honest and helpful legal advice, then we have exactly what you need on Case Closed with John Swallow. Thank you so much for joining us. Today we have John Swallow here on Case Closed by John Swallow. Hi, John. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) So good. So John Swallow has worked in the private sector, in the corporate general counsel of a multinational company, as well as the public sector as the chief deputy attorney general and the attorney general of the state of Utah. You lawyers use so many big words, but today (laughs) we, I just wanted to ask a few questions when it comes to how, how bias affects the criminal justice system and, you know, the negative effects that it can have when people lean more towards their biases than towards the truth that they know to, I guess, being more honest, right? Right, right, right. right, What are your thoughts on that just before we jump into some more particular questions? Sure, so because we're people, Mm -hmm. that we all, we have inherent biases, right? Our our experiences make us biased. You know, I'm I'm biased to, let's just make it easy. I I like baseball, Mm -hmm. right? So I I see things through a baseball lens, right? So I have we have experiences that give us bias. That's a terrible example. But we are just, as people, we're subject to influences, right? And so if I come from an inner city and and I've, you know, I've had a sister who's been attacked, right? Or raped. Or if I, you know, I'm trying to think of some good examples. Point point is we all have biases, right? And so when we talk about biases in the political criminal justice system, it's a political system. I was elected attorney general statewide by the voters of my state. Um, in, in almost every state, a prosecutor, county prosecutor who prosecutes felony crimes is elected. And many times it's a partisan election, Republican, Democrat type election, right? And so if you have a prosecutor who wants to kind of climb the ladder, start at county prosecutor and then go to attorney general and then maybe run for governor someday, anytime you have a politician that's manipulating you know, the scales of justice in some way, you have the potential for bias. So headlines, if, if, you've, if you've got an outrageous crime that's happened and, and you're desperately looking for some answer, some perpetrator, and you're having a hard time, and it's, it happens in cases. There's a, a famous book that was written by um, an author in the South, I can't remember his name right now, where there was an outrageous crime committed a rape and a murder in a small Southern community. And they found a person that they felt like fit the profile. They ignored a lot of evidence and they convicted him and they put him on death row. It turns out he didn't do it. He was set up for it. But it was convenient because politicians felt like they could close a case that people were demanding be closed. And so biases are inherent in everything that we do. And particularly when politicians are involved, biases can manifest themselves. And so when you talk about bias in the in the criminal justice system or political system, there are biases. And if we're not careful, and if, if I'm a prosecutor and I'm not wary that I have inherent biases, and I if I don't put checks and balances into my decision-making that would protect me from my own biases, then injustice can, can occur. And by definition, an injustice is an unfairness and doesn't belong in our justice system. Mm-hmm. What are, what are some of those things that people can be biased about? I know that there's the, there's the trigger word ones, gender, race, age, but are there other things that affect bias? Well, so let's not discount what you just said, mm-hmm. gender, race, 
political persuasion, friendships. So if you're a prosecutor and you have a really good friend that you really trust who's been wronged in a business deal and, and there's an allegation that maybe fraud occurred, white collar fraud occurred, will you not be biased to some extent as a prosecutor because a very good friend of yours was allegedly injured? If you're not careful, could you not maybe go overboard or be more inclined to recommend a prosecution based on a relationship? So you have a relationship bias. If there are big headlines about an outrageous crime against a young person, uh, let's say a teenage girl who was brutally raped and murdered, and you're feeling pressure to find someone who did it, and is there potential for you to overlook exculpatory, which means mitigating evidence of guilt for someone, and go ahead and just make the charge? And then once you've made the charge and invested the time and energy into the charge to dig in your heels and fight that all the way to a jury trial, if it means something to your friend or neighbor or to your reelection chances, I mean, that happens. Um, years ago in 2013, there was a global case involving the, the Duke lacrosse team where a prosecutor was looking to gain an edge in the next election. He ignored evidence had shoddy investigative tactics and charged three members of the Duke lacrosse team wrongly, erroneously, for raping a, a, an exotic dancer who'd performed for the team the, the night before. Later, upon investigation, the state attorney general, Roy Cooper, who's now the governor of, of North Carolina and someone I served with, uh, like Roy, he's a great guy, he investigated and found there was no basis for the charges and the charges were dismissed. Turns out that this rogue prosecutor, a county attorney, had decided he wanted to win votes in the next election wow. and had overlooked the evidence and had mischarged these young people. And he later became, was disbarred, which means he lost his law license because of things he did in that investigation. So it can happen and it does happen. So there are lots of, lots of things that can cause a bias and it's a real, a real problem in our prosecution system whenever there's any bias in, in a prosecution. And mm -hmm. there are things that are being done in some jurisdictions to prevent some of that bias. Now, what are those, those types of things that are being done to make sure that people are safe from other people's biases. Right, so more and more county attorneys or legislatures are considering forming independent accountability groups that will audit, for lack of a better word, a prosecution case either after a conviction or randomly audit and investigate the prosecution to make sure that no lines were crossed and that no biases occurred. Those are the types of things that can happen. I have other recommendations that I think are important. And, and I think the more we talk about this, the more we make progress. But one of the biggest problems with, with bias is that if a county attorney or a prosecutor doesn't believe there could be any consequence for making a bad decision or a corrupt decision about prosecuting someone or, or not being careful, what incentive do they have besides their own inherent sense of, of right and wrong to get, get it right? You know, at some point, you know, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? That's the old saying, right? If you're a prosecutor, you get to a point where everybody looks like a guilty person. And so you can start making excuses for the decisions that you make and maybe even justify rationalizing your own mind that, hey, this person must have done something wrong at some point. So this is still fair. Even if I don't have all the evidence I want, I'll find it. Mm -hmm. They make that charging decision. And once you've invested the time, it's hard to go backwards and let the case go. And there are cases that I'm well, well aware of that I really can't talk about where I saw some of those things happen. Hmm. And uh, that cannot ever happen in a prosecution standpoint, because seriously, the most serious power that we ever give anyone in this country is the power to prosecute someone, to charge them, to arrest them, right? Can you think of a greater power that we have? 
We give it to people that we don't have any check and balances for. This the country was built on checks and balances. We, we hear that all the time in school when we're growing up, right? But with a prosecutor, with no accountability, with no consequence for making a bad decision, there's no check and there's no balance. Why is it that we give the person with the most power the fewest checks and balances in this country? It makes no sense to me. And we've really got to do something about that in America. One thing that we all remember from our school days is the, the phrase innocent until proven guilty. Right. Would you say that the inverse is true when biases occur, that when you have a bias of somebody, you instantly start thinking that they're guilty until proven innocent? Is that a correct understanding of what you've shared with us so far? Well, it certainly can happen. And if you, if you ask yourself, I mean, as an honest person, when you see someone's face flash on a screen and the 10 o'clock news, and that person's been charged with bank robbery or that person's been charged with rape or some kind of murder or heinous crime, do you consider that in your heart of hearts an innocent person or a guilty person? Mm. Are you relieved that that person has been arrested? It's just part of how we are built as people. We believe what we hear. We trust law enforcement that they get everything right. And I'm not here to say that there are many, many people in law enforcement that try very, very hard to get it right. And I was a huge supporter of law enforcement as the attorney general. But the truth is, as people, we have biases and we can get things wrong. And so it's very important that every one of us remember that we consider as a society every person to be innocent until the state meets its burden of proving them guilty. And if they don't, they are presumed innocent. And when they're found not guilty, it means that they are found to be innocent. And I've, I've even heard people mince those words. They say, no, 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 the jury found this person not guilty. They didn't find the person innocent. Well, the, the point is, is that person is presumed innocent until that changes. And so when they're found not guilty, they are in, in essence, as far as society is concerned, found to be innocent. Mm. But we don't see it that way, do yeah. we? We don't, we don't see it that way when we see someone on the, or we read in the paper that someone's been charged. We, we kind of tell ourselves, I think, and I think that's a problem with society. And if I had any words of encouragement for society, it would be, let's stop assuming that law enforcement got it right. Let's give a fellow citizen the benefit of the doubt. And let's wait until the jury decides after the evidence is presented to conclude that a person is guilty. But that's just not how it works. Yeah, that's interesting. And so I'm not a judge and rarely am I on a jury. It comes around every once in a while, but um, doesn't happen as often to, to everyone. What can the common person do to remove bias from their bias from their life and instead see people as they truly are? Well, the good news for you and for me is that my experience with juries is that they take their oath very seriously. And I believe that in most cases, a juror sitting in that room, listening to the evidence is thinking one thing, and that is, is this enough evidence to make me certain that this person committed this crime? And if I don't see enough evidence to make it so that I'm certain of it, I'm going to vote no. I think most people are that way when they're in that room. I'm talking about the biases I'm talking about, which are real, is when you're in your room, your, your hotel room or in your living room watching TV, and you see that 10 o'clock news, mm -hmm. instantly you think, oh, that person must be guilty or they wouldn't have charged that person with a crime. Mm. In many cases, that person is guilty and the system will work through that whole process. But what I am saying is a society, I think more and more we're starting to believe what we hear and what we see. And we should be very careful because we have to understand that there are biases in our system. Ethnic minorities from an inner city 
it's it's harder and harder for them to get the clean shot at a fair process because of the inherent bias that people have about inner city minorities. And I think it's real. And thank goodness we have the protection of a jury because I think the jury does ultimately balance things out. But there is so much runway between an accusation and a charge and getting to a jury. And in most cases, those, those cases resolve through a plea bargain, which can become corrupted because people don't have the resources to defend. They don't have the energy to defend. They really don't know what they're doing. I've had people talk to me as a, you know, in my practice who've said, oh, when I was arrested, my mind just shut off. I, I, I was so shocked by it all. And I was like in a, another zone, another realm for like a year. I made decisions that if I hadn't been under the pressure and under the shock, I never would have made, I never would have pled guilty if I'd really been thinking about what it really meant. I didn't understand. And so I pled guilty to something I didn't do. And you can kind of tell when you talk to, pe to people if they're really being truthful with you. And I believe what I've, been, what I've heard from those, those people I've talked to about that. And, and so I, I just say that, that bias is real. Um, we, have to, we have to understand that when we see people who are charged. And we owe it to our fellow Americans and fellow, fellow citizens not to prejudge, but to wait until the process works its way through before we form these determinations about innocence or guilt in our own minds, because we don't know all the facts. And I think that that's a great invitation to leave off on, that, that each of us should see other people as innocent until proven guilty, even if it is the smallest of things in personal relationships. And so thank you so much for joining us today and for, and, th and thank you, John, for your advice. Uh, this has been really helpful in understanding. Thank you.